and welcome back to Give It a Chai. My name is Quinn, and today I am drinking Blood Citrus Smoothie by Teolura. I don't know how to say it. T-E-A-L-Y-R-A. Hold on. Before, hello, it's Lily. Before I intro my tea, what are you drinking? Blood? Blood Citrus Smoothie. It's a rooibos, hibiscus, rose hips, apple, safflowers, rose petals, vanilla flavor, and citrus flavor tea a lot going on i'm drinking a tried and true lemon ginger green tea from tea for all this was my mom's gift to me for christmas it's a great Mm. great uh nighttime tea to soothe a sore throat as winter is still lingering here in march you said that i was like for your allergies because my allergies are terrible because florida is blooming well i don't live in florida i live in a state that has a winter it's called uh rhode island and it's uh yeah Hey, we have winter. It was 40 degrees last week. Hey, that's that's a winter. Okay, for you, for sure. All right. <laughs> All right, Quinn, what are we talking about today? I'm excited. Ooh, today we're going to learn um, how tea is made. Seems like we should have started there, but no, no. it's been a year, and now we're going to figure that out. Now we're going to learn, okay? Lily, how do you think tea is made? And we're not, okay, we're not talking like, Put the tea bag in the cup and pour. No, we're talking about like how does the tea get in that tea bag to begin with? Okay, it does involve some type of oxidation process. I know that. So tea is harvested. This is all I'm guessing. We're coming from a guessing okay. standpoint. Tea is. I feel like you're going to be more right than you expect to be. Okay, yeah, we'll see. So tea is harvested. Yeah, from the tea leaf, Camilla sinensis. We love her. It has to be dried in this way and in. Uh, Camilla sinensis, the teas that come from that are black tea, green tea, white tea. Herbal tea does not come from the tea plant, so it's not technically tea. But I know that each of those tea categories, it's I believe it's dried in a different way or it's oxidized in a different way. But that's the, I feel those are the main components for how it's made. It's the oxidizing and the drying process, right? That's about as much as I know about it also. Perfect. And together... Combined brains, we'll figure this one out, okay? And also this little book called uh, Stuff Every Tea Lover Should Know by Candace Rose Rardin. Thank you, Candace. We need your knowledge. Quinn and I are both tea, tea lovers, and we're still learning. Quinn, in your book, it's separated into segments, right, about how I love that so much, how, like, each tea is made. Okay, there is an intro. It says, uh, the journey of every type of tea, whether we're talking about a sweet silver needle white, a grassy sencha green, or an earthy puer, begins at the same moment, when fresh leaves are plucked from the Camilla sinensis plant. Okay, I was right about that. Thank yeah, you. we're doing well so far. Great. A tea's final identity is shaped by what happens to the leaves after they're harvested, and it all has to do with oxidation. Two for two, y'all. You're amazing. Okay, so basically what she goes on to say is that it's the same process that happens with like when you cut an apple or avocado and it browns. Okay. So it's the same thing. It's that exposure to air once it is no longer fresh. But that's good for the tea, right? Like the tea should be browning. Is that kind of the the point is? I think so, depending upon what kind of tea you're looking for. So the fundamental um, parts of the process are oxygen and heat. Okay. She does say other possible steps include withering, rolling, fixing, and drying. So um, she actually, so here's the first difference. All right. 
She breaks it down into six families of tea. Okay, we're going to go through all of them, friends. Are you ready? Which one do you want to do first? Here are your choices. Okay. White tea, green tea, yellow tea, oolong tea, black tea, and dark tea. Question right off the jump. What is yellow tea (laughs) and what is dark tea? (laughs) That is a great question. I've never heard of any of them how about let's let's start with green tea let's start with the most ancient classic tea how is green tea made think of each family of tea as building on the last green tea adds a step to the process fixing green tea is zero percent oxidized because the leaves are fixed with heat like an apple in the oven so like when you bake an apple and you watch it it doesn't brown in the oven anymore because you're fixing it with heat Um, After a short period of withering to prevent enzymes in the tea leaves from oxidizing. Okay. Uh, Fixing is also referred to as de-enzyming or denaturing. In Chinese, this step is known as sha king. I think that's how you say it. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. Which literally means killing the green. Fixing can look different depending on the country. In China, tea leaves are often pan-fired in large woks. Japanese green teas are steamed. Other fixing methods exist, all of which result in green teas with strikingly distinct flavors and aromas. That explains so much about how different a green tea can be. Right. I was just about to say, because do you remember the Ito N green tea? The, it was like one of the bougie green teas that we tried. It came in the bottle and it had that sort of earthy, almost bitterness to it that you sometimes get Mm -hmm. with a green tea and obviously it makes sense that the flavor not just from that but from any green tea it's all based on how it's made when it was oxidized how it was fixed at what point it was fixed in the oxidation process and then that thing you just said where the difference of it was it steamed or fried definitely will give a different different flavor profile there i think steamed green tea sounds much better You know, it sounds a lot cleaner and like smoother. I will say, I think I usually prefer a Japanese green tea Mm -hmm. and knowing that it's put through a steamed process makes a lot more sense to me. It's so good. One of the other teas that I got in my subscription box this month was a green tea. It was a, actually a mix. It had green tea, white tea, oolong, goji berries, cornflour and rose hips in it and Dave and I were just sipping on that and it was quite good what's the cornflour what's this cornflour ingredient that keeps popping up? I think I don't it like gives this. it like a creamy type of thing without actually being dairy say less I don't cream of earl gray <laughs> cream of stop it stop it all right next do black tea black tea okay let's see how black tea is made Known in Chinese as hong cha or red tea due to the color of its liquor, black tea is 100% oxidized. After the tea leaves are withered, they undergo a second step known as rolling. Rolling is done either by machine or rarely by hand, and it encourages oxidation by breaking down the leaves at a cellular level and exposing more of their enzymes to the air. Finally, the leaves are fully oxidized, giving this tea its defining bold flavors and astringency, which makes a lot of sense to me because I, in cooking, I've learned to like break down mint Mm, mm -hmm. in the same way because more of the flavor comes out. You have to like smack it, (laughs) right? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. Um, no, again, um, that makes a ton of sense. Black tea, my favorite tea. I feel like I did know that it is also called red tea. I feel like I've heard red tea in reference to black tea before. And I'm like, well, it, it makes okay. sense. Cause yeah, if you just look at the color of a black tea, you've just brewed, it definitely has more of like an amber. It's not red. It's more of an amber color because this has been confusing to me for a while that how can one plant Camilla Sinesis yield so many different types of teas and it. So the whole process of how it's made and produced, cause how tea is made is so broad. This is more how how tea is processed, I think would be more appropriate to say it that way. And so right. have drastically different teas. It makes sense that black tea is exposed to the air for the longest to break it down as much as it possibly can be to get the most possible flavor. That's a black tea. That makes sense. The green tea I feel is trying to stay true to the actual plant. And so it's much less air. It's really just steaming the leaves and then it's a tea, you know, and like it, yeah, it's almost this. like flash freezing it. Yeah, like- <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like a blanche, you know, yeah. it's something like that. And that makes sense that green tea would be try to stay more true toward the actual uh, plant. Well, there's another paragraph here that talks about more of the manufacturing of black tea. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Read that. I'd love to know. And it says the orthodox method produces whole leaves by rolling them into strips, which we've definitely seen in yeah. certain teas. A newer method known as CTC, which I've definitely heard, but I never knew what it meant. It stands for um, cut, tear, curl. Well, do you know where you've heard it? That was part of our tea bag invention episode. Nancy included that in the research. Yes. Yeah. That's what it was. Cut, tear, curl. Yeah. It uses machines to cut the leaves into tiny, equally sized granules. And this process was invented in the 1930s as a means for filling tea bags. Look at that. We brought it around. Yep. Exactly. Okay. We're going to talk about yellow tea. I'm also going to tell you what yellow tea is because what? Okay. The first sentence of this makes it make sense that we don't know what yellow tea is because we probably have never had it. It literally says just 1% of tea is considered true yellow tea. Listeners. If you ever have, one, heard of yellow tea or have tried yellow tea, please contact us at Give It a Chai Pod, please. Just let us know. I, I yeah, please tell me about it. 1% oh, of are tea. Are you ready? I, are you I'm ready? so and ready. I quote, learning more about yellow tea is a surefire way to level up from tea lover to tea connoisseur. We're leveling up, fam. Are we? Are we evolving? Are we a Pokemon? All right. We are now Pikachu. We are about no to No longer a flopping fish. Raichu. I don't know what comes <gasps> after that. Gyarados. Yes. Right now we are Magikarp, which is the stupidest Pokemon. Soon. <laughs> soon we will be the sixth sea <laughs> dragon known as Gyarados. That's I love it. It's great. So it is grown in China. Okay. She says the flavor profiles are the slight fermentation the leaves undergo during processing gives yellow tea a more mellow taste without the grassy notes of green tea. It brews similarly to green tea around 160 to 175 Fahrenheit okay. or 71 to 79 Celsius for our Celsius friends out there. Mm-hmm. And you steep it for two to three minutes. A popular variety, if you want to look it up, is the Mount June Silver Needle Tea. So that's what yellow tea is. Here's how they make it. I would love to do a separate yellow tea episode, Quinn, if we can get our hands on some. If we can find some. Yeah. We're going to do it a yellow tea It sounds really episode. good. Yeah, I feel like it's 
everything good about green tea. Without any of the bitterness. Yeah. Yellow tea undergoes nearly the same process as green tea, but for the addition of one important step. After being briefly fixed, the leaves are wrapped, typically in either cloth or paper. This is called sealing yellow in Chinese. It is unique to yellow teas and has a number of names in English. Wrapping, smothering, and sweltering, to name a few. No matter the name, the result is the same. Wrapping the leaves causes a mild fermentation, as opposed to dark teas, which are fully fermented. That softens the tea's astringency and gives the yellow tea its characteristic mellow taste. What is a mellow taste? It's like using an emotion to describe a flavor, and I don't understand. Black tea can be very, like, acidic on its own. So I think it's okay. not. So yellow tea is the closest to green tea, and yet uh-huh. in the processing process, that's where it changes to more of a yellow tea because it doesn't have all of the green tea notes. But it is, it's, it sounds like it is green tea. Yeah, it kind of makes sense to me because green tea is, like, the freshest, right? right. Like... Like, green tea is like the cow-eating grass. Black yes. tea is like Cheez-Its. Yes. Right? Yep. And... Uh-huh, I'm, I'm with you. Yep, <laughs> I'm I know. hearing myself talk and this doesn't yep. make sense. What are the udders? Yellow tea is like us eating an apple. So, like, it's fresher, but we didn't pick it off the tree. You lost me. I thought, we're, we're not a cow? Now we're us? It's just like, it's not processed... But it is. I think what you're trying to say, I'm kind of ruining it, but what you're trying to say is true. It's it's, it's green tea adjacent. It's, it is green tea and yeah. somewhere along the way it's not. Okay? It's the same category, different varieties. Yes. Yes. Let's move on to white tea. Let's do white tea. Yes. Um, it is the least processed. That makes sense. They undergo only two processing steps. So she says the first and most important step for white tea is withering. After the leaves are plucked, they're spread into thin layers, either indoors or under the sun, to begin drying out. The next step is called drying. The leaves' moisture content is reduced further, often in a hot air dryer at a low temperature to just 2 to 3%. So basically, tea's profile changes the more steps you do. So white tea is the least complex, then green tea, then yellow tea, because you're doing that basic fermentation. Now, between yellow and black tea, you have oolong. Okay, I have a question here. Mm -hmm. I thought in my brain that green tea was the closest to the tea plant, but it's not. It's actually white tea is the least processed, which which makes sense. It has the least amount of color and everything. Probably is why it lends well to other flavors uh, being added to it. I think that's where it shines there because it's already so light, but that also can be a problem because you don't want to add a super overpowering flavor to a white tea. Cause then that's all you're going to, all you get, all you get. But like, what was the one you had at tea room? Like an orchid white tea? Beautiful. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. I I've never had anything like that. It was very different. Okay. So oolong tea, which is between yellow and black. Mm-hmm. So oolong is the the first in our little line there, right? Mm-hmm. White, green, yellow, where oxidation is encouraged. It is semi-oxidized. Varieties of oolong may be oxidized as little as 5 to 10% or as much as 70 to 80%. So I, that's why I've always felt like there's such a spectrum of oolongs probably. Right. That uh, refers to the 
Percentages refer to the amount of oxygen the tea leaves have absorbed. The oxygen reacts with certain enzymes in the leaves and causes changes in the tea's flavor and color. All right. These teas go through a process known as bruising, literally uh, translated in Chinese to rocking the green. And this name refers to how the leaves are shaken and tossed after withering. Okay. This bruises the edges of the leaves, exposing their enzymes to more oxygen, which is something that happens with basil. Oh, interesting. So that's oolong. So black tea is more oxidized. That's kind of what the difference is. And then that last category we have, again, dark tea. Let's find out about dark tea. Dark tea is not black tea. It's black tea. Apparently it's different. Okay. We're going to go find out. We're learning. There's a lot of percentages. This is much more scientific than I thought it was. I don't know why I didn't think it was scientific. Obviously, tea processing and tea producing is science. Okay, so it's the only class of tea that is fully fermented. Ew, I don't want to ferment. No. Oh, you're going to love this sentence. Are you ready? No, okay. Although you may associate fermentation with alcoholic drinks such as beer and wine, dark teas also experience the effects of natural bacteria and microbes. I mean, okay. As nasty as that sounds, that's what kombucha is. Yeah, that's what a lot of things are. Like, it's not wholly bad. We know that at this point, that bacteria is not bad. I think, we're going to keep reading, but I think... Actually, I have had this. Okay. These teas are the only family that gets better with age, whereas other teas just get old. Because I, when we were in New Century Tea Gallery, Mm -hmm. we tried aged teas, and they are amazing. Aged teas. Okay, so that's Mm -hmm. it. Aged teas, fermented tea, dark tea. That's all the same thing. Yeah. That's a separate episode too, y'all. I thought this would probably be where Pu'er tea falls. Now, I always just thought Pu'er was a kind of black tea or a family of I didn't even know what pu'er tea is, to be honest. I just thought it was a separate tea. One type of dark tea still undergoes natural fermentation. These raw dark teas are known as Chinese in Chinese as sheng. But in the 1970s, a process for artificial fermentation was developed, resulting in the second type of dark tea known as shu, also referred to as cooked or ripe. The aging process for pu'er was sped up thanks to a special method of wet piling. Pu'er tea is artificial fermented tea. That's what it is. I guess so. Artificially fermented tea. Pu'er. Honestly, with pu'er, you need to have it in a true tea service to fully appreciate it. Okay. Because the beauty of pu'er is the multiple steeps. Oh, yeah. Because each one changes color and flavor profile and smell every single time. Pu'er is still cherished by tea lovers. It's even known as a drinkable antique because it only grows more complex and flavorful with time. Some connoisseurs have gone so far as to take their tea cake on a pilgrimage to its place of origin. That's intense. That's a lot. When are we going to do our tea pilgrimage? We should do a tea pilgrimage. I don't, we're going to have several, I think. Several. One pilgrimage was to Orlando, complete. So this tea is grown in China, Japan, Vietnam, and Myanmar. Dark teas vary greatly due to their different ages and aging methods. Raw pu'er tends to offer vegetal, more bitter notes, whereas ripe pu'er has a smoother, woodsy flavor. Vegetal? We had one that was aged 22 years, I think. Oh my God. And it was almost like smoky. Okay, that was my next question. That this fermenting process doesn't lend to more of a smoky tea like a lapsing that might be part of this they don't mention it but lapsing shushang is a type of black tea we're also going to do a separate episode on that so dark tea is best brewed gung fu style in a gaiwan hey you know that 
We know all of these things. We know all of that. Shang Pu'er tea should be brewed at temperatures around 200 degrees Fahrenheit or 93 Celsius. And Shu Pu'er teas are more robust and can be brewed with boiling water. Now that we know exactly what dark tea is, we were closer than we thought. Yeah, absolutely. Here's how it's made. So the reason that they call black tea red tea often is because they would call dark tea black tea. Okay, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Dark teas are the only teas that are fully fermented, and there are two ways this happens, natural or artificial fermentation, resulting in teas uh, known either as raw or ripe. In both methods, the leaves are fixed at lower temperatures than other kinds of tea, which helps stop oxidation but doesn't kill all of the natural bacteria and yeast needed for fermentation. This is the only family of tea that gets better as it ages, like fine wine. Okay. And I think that's why when I went into the shop in Seattle, New Century Tea Gallery, and they were like, aged tea, I was like, you aged tea? Like, I've never heard of that. That's not a thing. Especially, like, it's like wrapped in paper type of thing. Okay. In these tea cakes. So I was like, this seems incorrect because every other time I've ever done, like, tea, you want to, like, have it sealed and have it yeah. in an airtight container and what because it gets old and it's just not as flavorful. It mm-hmm. loses its umph. Yeah. So this is a little bit different. I like it. Yeah, I'd love to do more of puer. I didn't realize puer was a fermented tea. Actually, in our tea advent calendar from David's Tea, there was a puer tea. I will there was. figure this out now because I just had this easy access. Of course I do. Yeah, so it was the hazelnut chocolate tea and it was a puer tea. I don't remember this tea tasting any different type of different. way other than the hazelnut chocolate. I think those types of flavors were so strong that like that's what I tasted. But yeah, I didn't know that about puer, that it's a fermented tea. Okay, last thing I'm going to say here is I want to talk about the caffeine content. And it seems like the more processing that goes on, the higher the caffeine content. Mm -hmm. Because we all know that like green tea has less caffeine than black tea. This is a little chart that's in this book. It's the caffeine content per an eight ounce serving. Mm -hmm. So white teas average 15 to 30 milligrams. Mm -hmm. Green teas 35 to 45. Yellow tea, it just says 33. There's no range. Oolong, 37 to 55, black tea, 40 to 70, and dark tea, 60 to 70. There is natural caffeine in this plant. It is always present. Mm -hmm. Um, So a decaf tea, not really a thing. I mean, I guess it is. I don't know how you decaffeinate tea. That's something we can maybe look into in a different episode. But in terms of like, if you are having an herbal tea, it is always decaf because there's no caffeine content from the plant. Unless it's got like something else. Right. You don't have to denote that it's decaffeinated because herbal tea technically is not tea, so it doesn't have caffeine. Or decaffeinated has like two to four milligrams of of caffeine. So, And this is the same thing with decaffeinated coffee. It's decaffeinated. It's not caffeine free. Anyway, that's how uh, all these different teas are made. And then I will say um, in terms of flavored teas, and I know this from a tour that I took from a Twinings expert in Epcot before the world ended. When they flavor teas, there's a lot of different ways to do it, right? You may found like pieces of other things like Mm -hmm. fruit or flowers or whatever it is. I think it is the, I can't remember if it's the Lady Grey or like the lavender something that Twinings has. But they said the way that they flavor that is literally when they're drying it out, 
they put a sheet of lavender underneath of it and allow the lavender to dry out in the same place as it. Wow. And that flavors it. And like you can taste it. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. Maybe we'll get into more of that process later. But that's your that's your base intro to how tea is made. Welcome. In a very general sense, what you want to take from this is that black tea and dark tea are oxidized, yes, and green tea and white tea are not. And oolong is oxidized. Yeah? Yeah, I think dark tea, I believe they said it was less oxidized than black. Okay, but it is oxidized. But it is oxidized. Okay, and then green and white tea are not oxidized at all. So the oxidation process increases the extent to which caffeine from the leaves infuses the hot water. So as Quinn was saying, the oxidation process has to do with caffeine content as well and how much you can get from tea. But also caffeine content also depends on how long you're steeping a tea as well. But yes, yeah, so that's our very general overview of how tea is indeed made and processed Yee. for you to drink it in your cup. Um, obviously, if you're drinking a from a tea bag, that's going to be even more processed than a loose leaf tea because those tea leaves are ground a little bit more. They're much smaller pieces. CTC. CTC, boy. That's our fraternity. That's our fraternity. <laughs> the tea is still processed the same way, whether you get loose leaf or the tea bag, still oxidized, whatever. I am very much a fan of oxidation. Give me all the black tea. That's that's me jam, okay? I like all of these teas at like different times, I think. Yeah. I want a black tea in the morning. That's what I want. I love black tea in the morning. Absolutely. Afternoon tea, I want like a really nice white. Mm, okay. Right? And then I love like a green tea at night or an oolong. Okay. I do. My standard is usually uh, obviously a black tea. I've been doing Darjeeling uh, black tea lately. Actually, the Twinings Darjeeling that I got in um, the Epcot Twinings English store, mm -hmm. England store. But yeah, usually when I get home from work, because I've been wearing the mask all day, I feel sort of more congested and like yucky. So I do usually yeah, like that's real. more of a green tea or if I have a ginger tea, I'll stick with that. Sometimes put some honey in that. That always feels nice. And then always a peppermint tea post dinner. That's like one of my favorite. Like it's not mm. only very calming, but obviously peppermint helps with digestion. Is it like a black tea with peppermint in it? It is just a peppermint tea. So it's an herbal tea. Oh. It's actually from Tazo. The brand Tazo or Tazo. One of my coworkers gave me peppermint tea because I didn't have peppermint tea. So that was really nice. But I think I love that one because peppermint tea I always associate with nighttime. So it just calms me down because I know that like that's the tea that I drink to calm down, to relax for the night. So and you do get that kind of cooling effect, but very, very nice. Now, obviously, we didn't talk about herbal tea in terms of like how it's made and how it's processed because it doesn't come from Camilla Sinesis. It's not technically tea. So you don't have it oxidized or dried in that traditional tea type of way. So how herbal tea is made is sort of specific to that plant and how it's dried. I don't, I would not assume it's actually oxidized at all, right? Probably not. It probably depends on the ingredient because there's so many things that can go into herbal teas. Right. It all has to be dried, I'm assuming, at the same rate. But yeah, if you're like making a loose leaf tea blend, it's probably something we could have asked um, Alexis. Like if you're making a loose leaf tea blend of an herbal tea, you want to make sure they're all probably dried and they have the same amount of moisture content. Okay, while we're also talking about this, mm -hmm. can I just, this is my PSA. Okay. This is my hill I will die on. This is my milk in tea fight, okay? 
If you squeeze your tea bag, go away. All right, you're wrong. You're upsetting me. You're ruining everything. Don't squeeze your tea bag. When you squeeze your tea bag, you're making the tea extremely bitter because you're squeezing all the tannic acid out of it that's not supposed to be released. So you're weakening the taste of the tea. Quinn mentioned this in our tea bag invention episode. This is how serious she is about this. Leave the tannins alone. They don't want to play with you either, okay? They just want to hang out in the tea bag and they just want to sort of drip on their own. No one needs to consume it. It needs to be composted. Stop it. Leave them alone. Anyway, tell us what you guys want to hear. We are coming up with new episodes. Um, I think we should do a tasting episode soon. We're going to delve into a lot more of these um, specific tea types. So like maybe we'll just do like an oolong episode yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and find different teas under that category. We also would like to do more like history or tea traditions across the world. So if you're from somewhere that we haven't talked about or you want to hear us elaborate on more and you want to help us do it correctly, yes, that would be super cool. But we really just want to learn about all of these different teas. Yes. Something else, too, uh, Quinn mentioned this when we did our tea cocktails and mocktails that we wanted to make it a seasonal thing. Spring is upon us in the next couple months, so get oh. maybe prepared for another tea mocktails, tea cocktails, spring edition. Yeah, it has to happen. That's going to be coming at you, too. But until then, please contact us, email us, give it a try, pod at gmail.com. Send us all of the things. Send us what you want. Follow us on our socials. At give it a try, pod on facebook twitter instagram talk it's the usual places we're gonna have episodes coming at you normal time mondays another um i have not yet seen or heard anything about the tea trolley here in the orlando area but um i will probably try to do a live when i go there i'm not gonna lie please do thank you for bringing that up because you're right i think alexis did say march and Hello, we're in March. We're here. Here we are. We're here. Our episodes are coming at you. Last week, you will have heard our baked goods episode. That was a, a throwback. I hope you enjoyed that little one. Um, and that's about it, y'all. That's how we do. Also, because I promised it, the riddle from now two weeks ago, the answer, I'll say it again. The riddle was, what starts with tea, ends with tea, has tea inside. Quinn, what, what could that be? Teapot. It's a teapot. If you got it, you won the grand prize of being our listener. Thank you. Yeah. You know what you get with that prize? A request to write us a review and to send this to your friends. Quinn, that was seamless. Beautiful. (laughs) Write us a review. That would be glorious. We love them. Help people find us. We want to drink more tea. And if more people find us, we have an excuse to continue to drink tea. We're going to do it anyway. But let's make some more fun. Bye. Thanks, Gary. See you later. Bye, Bye Gary.